this summer. Your local movie theater transforms into a tent revival for sharing Jesus. Join believers nationwide for the Million Souls campaign, inviting unsaved loved ones to experience The Firing Squad, a new evangelistic movie starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. Witness the true story that made worldwide headlines, American prisoners discovering faith in Christ while awaiting execution for their crimes in a third world country, transforming their lives and the entire prison in the process. After the movie and before the credits roll, Kevin Sorbo will come on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ. Visit FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how to get free tickets and more for your unsaved loved ones and become part of this unique event. Bring friends, family, and your faith. Learn more at FiringSquadFilm.com. That's FiringSquadFilm.com. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we uh, go into the January 6th hearings where we learn all sorts of really, really terrible things about the president and all the bad things he did. And then we go through it and show you that eh, not really what the media is saying that they are. Uh, we talk about more of the fallout on Roe versus Wade. And near the end of the show, we have a really, we have a tragic event. Uh, Jeffy joins us. Oh, I thought you said it was a tragic event. Yeah, yeah. that's, no, yeah, no, that's no. what I mean, said. I stopped in and you know, boosted the heck out of the show. Those uh, are the words I use, what a tragic event. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, Joe Biden in 2006 said every abortion is a tragedy, and every segment with Jeffy, also a tragedy. Oh, <laughs> Remember oh, that. Uh, make sure to ch- uh, subscribe to this podcast, of course, if you're not already, and rate and review uh, a couple of others t- uh, to get you through the weekend here. Jeff Fisher has a podcast called Chewing the Fat, which is an unfortunate title. I don't know why people didn't <laughs> Almost leads you to believe that he might be the fat you're talking about, right? But and, no, I mean, it's just a, it's an expression. It? It's right. the title of the right. show. It's just That's an expression. It. That's all. Uh, it's you know, just That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, Pat Gray Unleashed is also available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, mm-hmm. Rate and review there as well, and uh, subscribe to Studios America. Uh, as well, available five days a week, uh, which is, uh, I think we, we had a lot a lot going on over the past couple of weeks, and we've covered all the important things, and then also Jeffy had a podcast. Uh, so <laughs> make sure you check uh, all that out. And don't forget to go to uh, studiosmerch.com for the new t-shirt, 62422. Remember the day that Roe versus Wade was overturned without having fetuses all over your shirt. It's an important <laughs> distinction. Uh, 62422 is available at studiosmerch.com. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Well, Cassidy Hutchinson has finally blown this thing completely open. Uh, We were looking for the smoking gun in the January 6th situation that links uh, Trump to all the madness. Well, we, we have it now. We have it. Did you see her testimony yesterday? I did see a bunch of the testimony, yes. Powerful. Now she powerful is was the chief of staff for Mark Meadows. Yes. So in so who is the chief of staff for Donald Trump? Right. So right. what does that make? I don't know how that works. Do you multiply them? Chief of staff <laughs> times chief of staff to get, find out what it is. Um, it is uh, the one thing you'd say about her, and, and I guess this is why they made such a big deal about the testimony yesterday, is that she's not an anti-Trump person. She mm-hmm. was there throughout. Uh, she you know to the end was 
still chief of staff for Mark Meadows, right? And Mark Meadows was the chief of staff for the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. So this is not someone like, you know, it's not like, a, I don't know who's the right example, but there's, the, you know, there's been so many players in this at this point, but yeah. not someone who was highly skeptical of Trump the whole time right. and is now saying bad things about them now that they don't have a job anymore. She was there the whole time and, and was working closely with the president, had access to a lot of the internal conversations. So I guess that's why she was a big deal yesterday. Yeah. Here's what she had to say about uh, Donald Trump being pissed off that they weren't taking him back. He wanted to go to the Capitol building. I want to go to the Capitol building, be with my people. Here's what she said. Related to him, we're not. We don't have the assets to do it. It's not secure. We're going back to the West Wing. The president had very strong, a very angry response to that. Um, Tony described him as being irate. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now. Mm-hmm. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Right. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Angle. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. Yeah, his clavicles. He almost grabbed his clavicles. He's going to break his collarbones. Now that, That's what Trump was going to do. He's apparently very proficient at breaking people's collarbones. He can do that with, he just snap them in half with his hand. And it's important to know because, you know, look, our education system is not what it once was. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Constitution explicitly bans the president from touching clavicles. Yeah, that is part. That's in the, but cla- Trump the clavicle completely clause. Ignored it. Yeah, the clavicle cause. Uh-huh. Uh, clavicle cause. Yeah, it's hard to say. Uh-huh. But that does exist. Well, if, you're, if you're Tom Brokaw, you can't the say clavicle it. clavicle cause. <laughs> it's a clavicle cause. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I, so mm. the idea that okay, the the speech is at over. Okay, President Trump. Mm-hmm. Wants to go to the Capitol. They're driving him back to the White House. And look, it's a long walk. He's not going to make that walk. So no. he wants to be in the car. Yeah. And, uh, he, and they say no. They say no. The Secret Service says no. Now, so keep in mind, he's in the beast. The yeah. presidential limousine. Yeah. He's in the back of the limousine. He doesn't ever ride shotgun that I know of. <laughs> right. Even no. when he calls it, he still doesn't get to Even do it. Well, if he calls it first. No. They still don't let him do wow. it. Wow. So he's in the back. I guess he jumps through the partition, grabs the steering wheel with his right hand, and with his left, he's got the clavicles of the Secret Service agent who's driving in his hand. And he's about to snap his collarbones. That, that it's, it's frightening. Was one of the first things I How thought about. How agile he is. Uh, that it didn't seem just in that vehicle that that would be possible. It doesn't seem possible. That's right? the thing. Yeah. And, you know, the Secret Service has already volunteered. To testify uh, on, you know, uh, under oath that that did not happen. Right. So this that's the biggest part of this, right? Yeah. It did not happen. If this was the biggest story in the world from her, um, uh, it, it, you would want to find out from the Secret Service agent if it was true or not. Right. And, you know, Secret Service agents... Before not- you started reporting it as if it's gospel truth. Right. Okay, well, this person heard it from some other person. It's absolutely true. Right. And so, 
you'd want to get that confirmation. Now, Secret Service yeah. agents are not necessarily known for volunteering information. The fact that right. they immediately came out and said, wait a minute, this didn't happen is yeah. incredible. Without I mean, hesitation. It, it dissolves the entire story immediately. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how bad, like literally the whole story falls apart within an hour. Now, that doesn't mean that she lied, because if you I think the most important part of what you just heard was that she said, Tony said, mm-hmm. as he recounted, it is she's told you it is secondhand information. It's not like she's riding shotgun in the limo. Right. And sees this occur. She's not there. No, she didn't see this. She right. didn't witness it. She's saying she talked to the Secret Service agent yeah. who then told the story. Now, it's not impossible that something happened uh some sort of you know he maybe i would totally believe that donald trump yelled at uh, the secret service agent in that moment maybe he was very emotional in that moment Mm -hmm. very possible and maybe he inflated the story to her i mean it's not that's not a crazy telling of this yeah um but the bottom line is you follow up with the people involved and uh, the secret service agent if he really had his clavicle attacked here pat would probably be very willing to tell the story yeah. if asked um and it, he immediately came out instead and said the exact opposite that it was not true so that part which is the the biggest headline from the january 6 hearings in a surprise this moment a with, a, with a bombshell unknown witness bombshell every mm-hmm. media headline you will read will tell you it was a bombshell. And that has already been opposed debunked. by the person who supposedly told the story. Already debunked. And not a political figure. Like, if he was, a, let's say it was Mark Meadows saying this, you might say, well, mm-hmm. Meadows is covering for Trump. The Secret Service is not doing that. That's right. not what they do. Yeah, right. That's not that's not their job. They, not, their job is not to cover for the president in testimony. You almost never hear of Secret Service agents, even after they've long retired, t- saying anything about their service with the president. Right. They almost never do that. No. You don't, you don't hear about it at all yeah. afterward. I mean, we, we've talked to Secret Service agents who are friendlier to our cause than the, the cause on the left. We've talked to several of them over the years. People who worked for President Obama. For example, Dan Bongino, for instance. Well, Dan Bongino's talked about it publicly. And he's talked about it, yeah. Um, but he, but he, uh, even, even he doesn't he, relate specifics. No, about he's very that limited on what he would tell you. And yeah. and we talked to others who won't say <laughs> one word on the air about right. what they witnessed in mm-hmm. in the White House because they see it as part of their job to never talk about those things. And I think you know, watching this, I think we had a different perspective, Pat, than a lot of America, in that. We've dealt with with high level security people um, mm-hmm. because Glenn always has them around. I mean, you know, yeah. Glenn has had all sorts of threats on his life over the years, and so we've we, we talked to these guys. We know these guys. We talk to them off camera, off the air, and they still won't tell people we've known for years. Yep, will not give us names of celebrities they've protected because they they guard that so closely. They don't even say who they've guarded. Yeah. Uh, let alone tell you specific stories about guarding <laughs> right, them. Right. Yeah. Because that's, you know, they see that as like their oath. Yeah. And it's certainly the Secret Service agent sees that it's probably even a higher level and that it's, you know, it's it really is an oath, mm-hmm. um, not just a job responsibility. So uh, it, it, seeing that and then I thought another part of this, Pat, w- was interesting from maybe our perspective more than, you know, the the. A person who is in a you know a normal job, not working with a person that has fifteen active threats against him all the time, mm-hmm. 
the the actions of Donald Trump, if true, not not the clavicle part, because we know the clavicle clause, of course, uh, <laughs> bars that behavior. But I'm saying like the the behavior of I want to go with my people into a dangerous situation that my security people are saying no. I totally believe that's true. I totally believe Donald Trump wanted to go down and be with his people at the that Capitol. wouldn't surprise me at all. It would, it would not surprise me at all because we've seen Glenn try to do the same crap a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And like, it is really frustrating for the security people because they're like, we can't secure you there. Yeah. It's not that you don't trust the people who are in the crowd, but all it takes is one. Right. You know, all it takes is one Hinckley to be in a crowd and we've got a national tragedy on our hands. Yeah. And you don't know if, if... Even if 95% of those people are perfectly fine, there could always be a psychotic person in there doing something crazy. So the Secret Service mm-hmm. and, and any good security team is going to say, dude, no, you can't go down there. We can't, I can't bring you down there. We are not ready for it. We're not prepared for it. We can't just, you can't just spring this on us right now. Uh, we, you, we cannot bring you down there. We need to bring you to the West Wing. That is totally believable to me and probably true. But the way the media is presenting that information is Donald Trump wanted to uh, join the coup. Donald Trump wanted to go down there. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be there to overthrow the process. Now, so stupid. Come on. So that stupid. is total spin. He yeah. wanted to be with his people. He wanted to show that he wasn't going to just go hide in the White House when he was asking them to go down there and, and walk down to the Capitol and not mm-hmm. riot, but protest. Mm-hmm totally believable the idea that he that donald trump who's look take all the other stuff out of it donald trump's a pretty coddled guy he's lived as a billionaire for how long do you think he wants to be in the middle of a brawl inside the capitol no do you think he wants to be in the middle of a group of people putting flagpoles through windows of the capitol do you think he wants to be in the middle of people do you think he wants to be in the middle of a pepper spray incident the guy lives in a gold palace. He does not want to be in the middle of that. No. If you thought he had the worst intentions, the way Donald Trump would handle that situation is being somewhere safe, directing it from a distance. He does not mm-hmm. want to be in the middle of that. That's not who the guy is. Yeah. Uh, and even if, you know, even if the really ridiculous story of him grabbing the wheel and trying to and trying to drive, forcibly drive the beast back to the Capitol <laughs> building. Even if it was true, what does that prove anyway? That just proved he wanted to be there. He wanted there. to go there. He wanted to go there. So right. what? Now, it would doesn't pr- mean he was overthrowing the government. The clavicle thing would be bothersome. If, he's a, if he was actually putting his <laughs> hands would. on a clavicle. It, it would. Uh, that, I mean, look. Especially thinking he's going to be able to over- do something to over, a secret service overtake agent. a secret service agent. Look, uh, that's not smart. Trump's a big guy, uh, uh, but I don't no. think he's winning against a secret service agent. Uh, you know, uh, that's just not the profile of Donald Trump. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, Check out my show, Pat Gray Unleashed. I will. Immediately preceding this one live. I can't do it now. It's already already passed for now. Well, that's true. But you could listen later on. At your leisure. Wait, on demand? Yeah, on demand. Whenever I want whenever it, it you there? want, Whenever it's convenient for you, you can listen then via podcast. That's incredible. Anywhere you get your podcast. Plus, 
I understand that you also have a show to listen to and watch. I do. View. You should check enjoy. it out. It's called Stu Does America. Huh. And every day we do this country. Okay. And uh, it's 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 fun. All right. We've had a lot of mm-hmm. it's it's been a fun show, and I know yours yeah. is as well. I think there's a lot on the conservative side that can get boring and and uh, frankly mm-hmm. uh, just dull. You know, bore you to tears every day and yeah. so we try not to do that yeah we do too um we try to make the apocalypse fun yeah <laughs> that's that's our goal is to make the apocalypse that is happening right now make it fun make it fun yeah um by the way uh on, on this note uh we've been talking a lot about january 6th today and that's mm-hmm. the day the left wants you to remember i would well argue it's still it's the day mm-hmm. democracy almost, almost died. died yeah i've heard that yeah yeah, uh, that's so. a, that's really bad, mm-hmm. and they really want you to be talking about January 6th. I'm going to mm-hmm. go ahead and argue you should be talking about a different date. We've got the new t-shirt up right now at studosmerch.com, 6-24-22. The day mm. Roe versus Wade was overturned. I like that. Go get it. It's a like great shirt, a and it's one of those shirts, too. It's like... It's a way to show you're pro-life, and you don't have to have, like, a fetus on your shirt, you know? <laughs> you know, like, you don't want to necessarily have, like... <laughs> I don't want to wear a fetus I, as much as yeah. pro-life as i am yeah i'm not wearing a fetus on my shirt uh, yeah i don't want like some graphic image of a fetus <laughs> no. on my on my stomach as i'm walking around i already look bad enough so this one will help you look uh, good and kind of give you if that, that makes me a bad person then so be it yeah you know <laughs> yeah all right uh sorry I'm about terrible that. so get it now <laughs> stew does merch.com it's the 624 22 shirt uh they also have the mugs and the mm-hmm. stickers and uh hats and all that stuff and they're all sans fetus no fetuses no fetus I mean, maybe we should do a separate shirt that's just fetuses. <laughs> like, it's just constant fetuses on every part of the shirt. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that it. would sell even better, but uh, I hope you do. Cause I, I like it because, you know, look, I, I want to make clear what I believe, but I also, uh, I like the fact that people who know, who, who are on our side, are going to know that date, mm-hmm. and I want them mm-hmm. to know that date. The left is going to be saying, January 6th, I want to be talking about that date. That's the most important date we've seen in the last couple of years, I think. Oh, yeah. One of the most important dates in our lifetime, yeah. I'd say. There's already the first the really? first number I heard was they think, even with all of the craziness going on with states opening up abortion access and, you know, you could still, they still think it could prevent 100,000 abortions a year. It's a good I start. Mean, it's a it's great a start. freaking start. There's 600,000 now. And if it's only 100,000, what an incredible day. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, what an incredible, if it's only 100,000, mm-hmm. what an improvement. It's still Way too many people are going to be aborted. But uh, you know what? Making even that amount of progress shows that we still have a long road to go, but also indicates how important this day was. And when, really, when is enough enough? The number in the United States alone is over 63, somewhere between 63 and 65 million babies that we've lost since 1973. Isn't that enough? I would say it is. Uh, It's one and a half billion worldwide. That number kills me. A 60, one and a half billion 63 million here is really really bad and it, it always hits you in a, in a rough way but mm-hmm. man when you think about globally over a billion a billion and it's between 50 and 75 million every year that's 50 uh, and 75 million a year so crushing is. and many and many of the areas of the mm. globe are going the opposite direction we're becoming more liberalized in these rules uh so Dang. hopefully mm. that that switches and at least it's kind of switched here yeah. in part of the country anyway so uh, check that out. By the way, speaking of the uh, Supreme Court, uh, there were two. This is a surprise to me. I will say, I thought there was three or four decisions left, and there it, are four. There were right? four. Yeah, and I expected we would get four because they, this is the last day they had announced. 
And also, they had been doing about five per day for most of this uh, as they were releasing these. Well, today they came out, they gave the two boring ones. <laughs> no offense to you if you're involved in these ah! cases. Uh, but we got the two boring ones and didn't get the two big ones. The two big ones we did not get is the EPA ruling, which I think is the biggest one as, as far as it affects your everyday life and how your government operates. It's a huge, huge case. And then the other one is the uh, remain in Mexico yeah, uh, part of the, the immigration Trump, situation. Uh, the Trump directive. Yeah. So neither of those came out today. They did announce that they're going to come out tomorrow. So that's your last decision day of of the session. Tomorrow you will get those decisions uh, you know, alive on on this program, um, or at least during this time slot. And the two that came out were a Native American uh, issue about who can prosecute in, in a Native American area and a Veterans Affairs issue. Both of them, you know, important in their own way, but not necessarily uh, top of the mind. So we're not going to spend too much time on that today. Uh, how did it turn out, though, on the Native American thing? Who, I, I mean... Who won? It, it was a 5-4 five, five, decision. I'd have to go back and look at it uh, oh, okay. in more depth. Um, I kind of... I Usually when we go through this, we start with a zillion cases. And at the beginning of the session, I have to go through all of them and kind of understand basic knowledge about all of them. And mm-hmm. they keep getting knocked off as, as you go through this release period and as they get towards the end the ones that i never really locked in on and cared about all that much i can't remember all the details yeah. on it and uh, <laughs> the native american one is kind of interesting because yeah. it's it involves sovereignty uh and whether or not they're yeah. subject to the united states or are they subject just to the indian reservation yeah the concept being someone who is not a native american going onto native american lands committing a crime against a native american yeah can the state government jump in and say they're the ones that are prosecuted i believe what the ruling was with was no like they you have the only the federal government can uh step in and prosecute so okay so the state sense. cannot the state can't i okay. think that's what but again like <laughs> i don't know i now look do I have it on my calendar to commit a crime against a Native American in a, on a Native American well, of reservation? Course you do. I of do. course you do. I do. Yeah. But that's not for six months, so I have not really put much thought into how that will turn out. Okay. So okay. I, I was thinking... Is that just because you won't be driving through a, a, a Native American reservation for another six months? Well, there's a lot of planning or, that goes into a major yeah, crime well, like the true. one I'm planning. Okay. I can't give you all the details on that crime plot right now it's understandable because number one i haven't no. worked them all out and yeah. number two i don't want to necessarily tip my hand here right okay um, but I I, you know if you are on a native american mm-hmm. reservation right now i'd watch it that's what I'll, <laughs> that's what i'll say that's what i'll say to you if you see me coming <laughs> do you tell us which uh reservation i cannot Pat. No? okay all right i mean i know can you give us a state like new mexico or <laughs> texas i don't think there's any reason i don't see how that benefits me all right i'm just saying if you see me like if you're a fan of the show you're native american and you see me coming i'd run you now you know your friends might wow. not know all right they don't listen to this show they're not going to know that I'm, I'm there to commit a crime yeah you know, but yeah. I do need to look into the details of this ruling before I really go through with a plan because I <laughs> may wind up burning me. I don't want that to happen, of course. Yeah, you should at least know where they came down on it. And, and here's the thing. Most crimes that happen on Native American reservations happen mm-hmm. to the Cherokee Nation. Well, the Cherokee tribe, mm-hmm. where they're so proud to live and, uh, and so proud to die. <laughs> you know, the thing was, mm-hmm. they took the whole... Indian nation, and they they put them on this reservation. Hmm. They took away their way of life. I mean, the tomahawk, the bow, and, and knife. Took away their native tongue, and they taught hmm. their stinking English to our young. Hmm. And to, the beads. To, you, wait, to your young? Yeah, to my young. 
Uh-huh. Why, why would they teach it to you? Well, you I don't taught know. English Pissed to me you off, young. though. I'll did tell you that. Okay. No. Uh, we, I taught them Cherokee. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now they know English. Because, <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I've been explaining to you. Yeah, the yeah that's true. You here. did mention it. And then the beads we used to make by hand. Yeah. Well, nowadays they're made in Japan or Taiwan or China, even mm-hmm. more nowadays. Yeah, even more now. Bangladesh. But Japan rhymes. <laughs> you know, yes, so you're not going to say Bangladesh. Uh, all the beads we made by hand are nowadays made in China. That doesn't really no, work, does no, it? No, it does not. It doesn't really work. It does work. not work at all. So, but luckily we solved that. Yeah. Uh, the Cherokee Nation uh, and the Cherokee tribe should be all set after this. <laughs> I Unless I, until I show up with my, my, my big crime plot. <laughs> <laughs> but now you've warned them, so now they're on their guard. It's Look, it's on them now. Yeah, right. I, you know, at That's one point, right. if it was a surprise <laughs> that I just pull in... And I was like, hey, here's my big crime plot, and mm-hmm. I'm going to unleash it on you. That might be unfair to the Native Americans. However, yeah. now I've announced it. Right. So they know if you see <laughs> Stu waddling down the street. Yeah. You know, or coming the- in in your brand new car, mm-hmm. which is on order now, yeah. right? I, I Aren't you getting a car? Yes, this is a big development. Okay. Um, and, and this will help them watch for you, by the way. Yes. Stu's getting a new car. Yes. I don't know if you're going to and share what kind of car it is, but I, he's I, getting a new one. I, I feel like the same way. I don't want to share the details of the crime <laughs> plot. I don't necessarily, because then they know I was pulling that's up. Sure, that's right. But uh, so I ordered a car in Joe Biden's economy. Mm-hmm. And this has been an interesting experience. And bam, you got it right away? No. No? No. Well, there's no oh. cars, you know, on the lot. That's how I used to understand how you purchase cars. Yeah. Like you'd go to a, a dealership yeah. and they would say, here are the cars we have. Would you like to choose one of them? Or you could special order one and it'll be here in six or eight weeks. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way you're, it would typically go. Mm-hmm. That's not how it goes now. No, it really isn't. Um, so I put, I kind of agonized over what I was going to do. They didn't have any cars on the lot that I, that I wanted or the type that I wanted. So I did have to put in a special order. And the special order normally would take six to eight weeks. That's, you know, that was the timeline um uh, when i put in the order they said look supply chain stuff we've got a lot of issues going on Mm -hmm. Uh, and i understood that you know i I did understand that um it's now been uh uh, 10 months (laughs) a 10 months it's the better part of a year now yeah i put it in and it was supposed to be six to eight weeks august 20th I put this order My in because I had the email. Where I, was, I confirmed it. I had gone back and forth with them a few times before this, but when I really locked down the order, it was August 20th, 2021. It is now June 29th, 2022. Jeez. And just a few weeks ago, Pat, I got a, uh, or I guess it was like maybe a little over a month ago now, where I got a target production week where they decided they were going to actually theoretically build this car. <laughs> Wow. So the target production week comes. Okay. They say the target production week is going on. Just right. the other day, I get a text that says, quote, your car has been built. <laughs> and I was like, really? wow, that's wow. incredible. It's been built. Uh, huh. Can I come pick it up? We don't have a delivery date for it yet, Jeez. but the car has been built. I've got a VIN number and everything. In theory, this car exists somewhere. I think in Lansing, Michigan or some somewhere up there. I don't know. The third worldification of this country is unreal. It's, un- it's unbelievable. My daughter, I, I think I mentioned this before, was was here for a month visiting. Uh, and so we were going to get her a car because her old one uh, sort of blew up, fell apart. It was no good. So we, we went to a dealership 
and uh, it was a Honda dealership, actually. And we said, uh, so we'd like a Honda. Um, like maybe a Civic? Yeah, we don't have any Civics. Wait, uh, Honda doesn't have, doesn't any, have Civics? any Civics? No. They've had them since like 1983. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But not now. Not now. Well, what about an Accord then? What about, no, we don't have any uh, Accords. Yeah, CRVs? Is that a thing here? No. No, we don't have any cars. I uh, Well, we do have SUVs. We have 20 SUVs. You can pick from among them. I don't want an SUV for my daughter, so uh, we're out of luck. So we go to a Nissan dealer, same deal. She goes back to Utah, and we're on the phone with the dealerships there, and they have no cars, nor can they get any in the next six months. Six it's like, months? okay, do you have a used car? No, nah, but we could get you one in, by September. And we're going to charge you September. more than a new car. Right. Yeah. More than a new car. It's unbelievable. That's one of the options on here. I've had over the past 10 months, Pat, with the a car used that car? I ordered, which is get one that's used. Well, those cars are thirty and $40,000 yeah, more crazy. than the actual cost of the car. It's crazy. Which, I mean, yeah, I guess you could pay for that for that premium but i don't i don't really want to no me neither um so uh, nor do i i don't have any interest actually at all in paying that much for a car so it's like especially when a car that i know the dealership supposedly is selling for much much less mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it is it's a it's it's really incredible when you think about go back to the i the 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 standard uh cliche of car dealerships Right they're, they're, Now, this is not always fair, but sometimes, you know, we go back to the 80s and 90s, there'd be those movies, you know, where they'd be, the car dealers would have their car salesmen out there harassing you <laughs> to get you into anything. How do, I, let me, how do I get you into a car today? Let me go back to my manager. I'm going to get you a real deal on this. And they would, they would give misleading ads and all these stereotypes that, you know, aren't always true, but have been around for decades. It's the exact opposite. It's been... There are times where I'd reach out to the dealers, and I, I started calling other dealers around the country to try to figure out how I could do this faster. They would just, uh, they would just, they barely even respond to you. Like, nah, we don't have anything. Like, they don't even care <laughs> because they don't. Well, they can't get any car, cars. And weren't they getting a little pissed that you kept calling them? They got a little. There was yep. a time where they were just annoyed with me personally, <laughs> which is understandable, frankly. <laughs> You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Here's another example of the inmates running the asylum. Uh, the Amazon employees got together and and wrote the leadership of Amazon an open letter. Group of pro-abortion Amazon employees filed this public letter to the company where they demanded that the online retailer cease any and all business in pro-life states we the undersigned they wrote come to you today to request immediate and decisive action against the threat to our basic human rights with the overturning of roe v wade as part of amazon's wide-reaching efforts toward a more inclusive and diverse workforce (laughs) really are they really trying to get a more inclusive and diverse workforce We believe that Amazon cannot let this recent decision go unanswered. We ask Amazon, the world's best employer, to actively defend against this assault on our liberty. Since when is this a corporation's job in this country (laughs) to defend their uh, employees' liberty? I mean, 
Amazon's in business to make money. Let's face it. That's what they want to do. Bezos started the company so that he could make a living for himself and his family. It worked out pretty well. Uh, It turns out that he made a really nice living for himself and his family. Um, And it's not his responsibility to uh, follow up on the ideology of his employees. But they want him to cease operations in state that enact in states that enact laws that threaten the lives and liberty of abortion seekers. So stupid. stupid. I would abort every one of their careers. <laughs> I would too. Everyone who signed it, I'd abort that career. Either by denying health care in life threatening circumstances or by criminalizing abortion seekers and providers. Nobody, nobody is criminalizing abortion seekers. Now, some have threatened uh, the abortion providers, like, you know, the doctors or the clinics that are involved. But nobody is saying that the woman is going to be prosecuted in any way. Now, I, I, I don't think that's in any of these laws. Nor is their life in danger because in, I believe, every single case in these states that are banning abortion... There's the exception for the mother's life being in danger. Every single one. Every one of them. Now, their argument is this weird Roe versus Wade uh, argument that's been around for a long time now, which is, well, uh, you they could die in childbirth. That's really their argument here. Like, if you make them carry to term, they could theoretically die during childbirth. Are you kidding I mean, me? Come on. Uh, really? Like, uh, yeah, that is is really... this 1842 now? Yeah, exactly. Is that where we are? We're no. a little house on the prairie. And uh, Look, the this, dock is about 80 miles away. We got to get him uh, by carriage. Right. This, it's just so <sighs> Come painfully on. stupid. It is Obviously, stupid. you could die during childbirth. You could die driving to the hospital before childbirth, too. Yeah. You could die for a lot of reasons. You can't predict it. Obviously, the chances of you dying during childbirth are very, very small. It's but ridiculous. you could also die during an abortion. Yeah. Uh, you know, true. Th- there's risk everywhere all the time. That is, It's not a, it's not a <laughs> sensible point. They've been trying to make that... You know, they tried to make that back 50 years ago because it was more common. And so they would compare it against abortion, which, mm-hmm. all, you know, also has its risks. But especially with like the medical ones they have now, their their claims are, well, it's not, you know, it's much safer than going through with a full childbirth. Now, look, in 2022, we're talking about two very unlikely outcomes it's unlikely that you would die during an abortion it is unlikely that you would die during childbirth that's not very common and it might might be about equally risky on both of those but, you know you I, might have about an equal chance with each i i don't know they they claim you know their their claim is oh no it's much more dangerous you know and like it's not it, it, you know there's this is a relative versus absolute risk uh, thing they're doing here which is like both apps when you talk about absolute risk Chances are incredibly low that either one of these two things would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, their claim is, oh, well, if you compare, if you do a relative risk calculation, you could say, well, it's much more likely. It's very <laughs> unlikely either way. <laughs> it okay? It's a silly, is. silly defense. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, a, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it just, come on. Right, come on. Uh, it's just, it's completely ridiculous. I mean, we've taught, I don't know, badger people with all the numbers and go through the whole argument again but it's just a silly argument i mean mm-hmm. well anything can this. happen in life of course you're going to die at some point <laughs> all pe- there's a hundred percent chance of death in your future you know i hate to i hate to break it to you there's a hundred percent chance you're gonna die someday yeah and you know you can you're not going to be able to manage exactly when that's going to happen the chances of you dying during childbirth are extraordinarily low 
all you know in any developed country at this point. But they've been doing this from the beginning, even before Roe v. Wade. This is how they got Roe v. Wade uh, passed in mm-hmm. part is lying about yeah. the risk for uh, women who don't have access to abortions because they just made up a number of 10,000 back alley abortion deaths every year. Well, what? Where did you get that? If you go back and look at where they got that, which 10,000 back alley abortion deaths every year, uh, there was a doctor who was a pro-abortion guy who just made it up. He, he just completely picked a number and threw it out there. The press ran with it. And that's one of the things that that's turned the tide. So often the case yeah. with, the, with the left and their arguments. It's the same thing with the, with the straw situation. The straw one is the one. With that a fu- nine-year-old kid and a homework project trying to figure out how many straws were wasted every day. And somebody threw out a number that was completely inaccurate and made up of $500 million a day. And it was a kid, legitimately a kid, who put this in a school project. <laughs> and everybody and that is why ran with it. These dumb restaurants have paper straws. That is legitimately it is. the story. Yeah. A nine, I think it was a nine year old. It was a nine year old. Who had a school project that mm-hmm. got into the media and then got picked up by a bunch of people. And then everyone said, oh my gosh, the problem here are plastic straws. We need to get rid of the plastic <laughs> right. straws and have paper straws that, that immediately fold when you start putting liquid through them because they're paper. Paper <laughs> and liquid are not always the best match. And then they fold and you have to ask for three more. So mm-hmm. it doesn't save the environment at all. And we are down that road. Uh, you know, another one, the the garbage island in the middle of the ocean. The uh, Yeah, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Yeah, which does not two and, exist. Two and a half times the size of Texas. Yeah. Been reported a million times, does not exist. Can't for some reason be photographed by uh, satellite imagery. For some reason, we don't have a picture of it. Mm-hmm. And these well, things, why don't we have a picture of it? Because as Stu just said, it, it doesn't, doesn't exist. exist. It's not really there. These things are so widespread that, like, I remember when I learned that the island didn't exist because I went through the exact same process you went through, Pat. Mm-hmm. I said, well, wait a minute. Why isn't there a picture of this? What does it look like? Where is it? What's the location of it? Mm-hmm. And you look for it and, oh, yeah, there isn't one. They're just saying there's a bunch of garbage in the ocean. And if you, com- I think, combined it all into one place, in theory, <laughs> there would be an island that's this big. But that's not what happens. And by the way, we're not the ones responsible for it. Almost all the trash is coming from China. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it was my search for the picture of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch where I found the Salon article. Mm. Salon, mm-hmm. which is a left-wing, big-time left-wing mm-hmm. publication, where the guy admitted, hey, you know what? We should really tell people there really isn't a Great Pacific Garbage <laughs> Patch. <laughs> We've been lying about that for years, and for it's just years. not there. For years. Wow. These things happen. I was blown another- away. I really thought there probably was. I mean, a garbage bag. Yeah, I mean, I just assumed there was and was like, well, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. That seems, un- it seems bizarre, but I guess maybe mm-hmm. the, the current pulls it, pushes it in the, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know what I thought was actually happening. I never put much <laughs> thought into it. Oh. It was so much reported as such fact. Mm-hmm. Another one is this idea that uh, global warming, if we don't do anything in 10 years, the society is going to end. Yeah. And this has been everywhere. Every politician oh on the left has said it. AOC, yeah. it's like her favorite thing to say. Biden has said it multiple times. And my argument on that when I first heard it was, look, I've looked at enough climate data over the years. This seems like some outlying scary scenario that some doctor or some uh, scientist said, 
but is not r- the realistic possibility. Is it, you know, is mm-hmm. it, you know, and it's not, doesn't mean the world's going to end. It means that we hit a point where there, it's going to be difficult to, to, re- to return because of this idea of positive feedback. It's a standard thing in global warming theory where mm-hmm. each thing that goes wrong feeds back and and makes the other things go more wrong. And then that in turn makes the next thing go wrong. It's and a it, feedback loop. It's a, it's a feedback loop. And there's no reason to believe in, in, in all the stuff that I've ever read and what I certainly believe and many scientists as well, that the climate is a positive feedback system. It, it, it's, it seems very clear <laughs> Over thousands of years, it's a negative feedback system. Mm-hmm. It seems to be able to correct its ice ages with uh, going the other way. It's the reason why humanity has been able to live here for a long time mm-hmm. because of that. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole other story. But I, that's what I thought. And, and that was just me analyzing it and, and just kind of like looking at the way these things normally play out. However, that was not accurate. My opinion was not accurate. And the reason I know this is from Michael Schellenberger, who wrote in his book about this and decided to actually go to the scientist who supposedly was being quoted and asked them, hey, guys, did you guys say this? Was that the UN's uh, uh, climate uh, division or whatever? What do they call that? The IPCC. IPCC. Mm -hmm. And he went there. And he talked to the scientist. to the very scientist. And and what the scientist said was, oh, thank you. We were so sick of this being reported. No, we didn't say that. That's really what it was. <laughs> That's what That's it was. That's how it turned out. Yeah. It's one of the most widely shared pieces of climate hysteria. And the guy who was quoted didn't even say it. <laughs> that is how crazy this stuff is. It becomes yeah. part of the ecosystem in such a weird way. Yep. And from the straws to to all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It, to deaths of back alley abortions. Yeah. Back alley abortions is a great one. Look, there probably were, and we know there were, by the way, because some of the abortion activists were the ones doing it. They were doing mm-hmm. the procedures that were killing women. Mm-hmm. That was not that was not pro-life people being like, I can't wait to do a mm-hmm. fake abortion so I can kill people. The year before Roe v. Wade, um, where they were still doing back alley abortions because they were illegal. Mm-hmm. There were 24 deaths. 24. Due to illegal abortions. There were... Th- no, there were 24 deaths due to legal abortions. There were 39 deaths due to back alley. Okay. Because so 39 were, in a year, the year before Roe v. Wade was passed. Because at that time, about two-thirds of states had banned it. Yeah. But there was still a third that had allowed it. Right. Because it was in the situation like it is now, which when they keep saying mm-hmm. we're going to go back to pre-Roe times, that's not true. It's going to be, there's going to be more access to abortion now than there was pre-Roe because more states will have it open. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so you have you have several dozen, and look, we mm-hmm. want to obviously stop all of them. Uh, there was, you know, maybe it is, you know, I I would think a back alley abortion would be very dangerous. But honestly, at this far point, from ten thousand though, yeah, for, very far from ten thousand. Yeah, and uh, this is again, there was a group we talked about Jane's Revenge that was threatening to burn down cities and stuff when this verdict came out. That is based on. Another organization, the Jane part of that comes from an organization that came, popped up after Roe versus Wade, and they were providing illegal abortions for women. Mm. Uh, 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 or, yeah, it was re- leading up to that, I think. And the idea was they would uh, give these abortions out, and those are the people 
not just that particular organization, but those types of organizations were the ones doing the illegal abortions. These, these groups that are praised by the left are the ones doing the illegal abortions that led to the deaths, Jeez. at least in some of these cases. And, and that one, I don't know if there's any with that specific organization, but a lot of those organizations existed in places where these things were banned. But beyond all of that, right, they're like, oh my gosh, we're going to go back to this era of, of back alley abortions. Why? <laughs> Wait, what, what, time, what year is it? Right. We have a situation where any woman in any state can get a uh, a, an abortion if their life is in danger. Any person in any state is within a two hour flight of being in a place where they can get an abortion at any time. Okay, And your employer will almost certainly pay for it. And your employer will probably pay for it. If not, an abortion (laughs) activist uh, organization will pay for it. There's a bunch of them that have already popped up. And we HHS have, is talking about paying HHS for it. is talking about it. AOC wants to put these on federal land. I think that's idiotic and won't do abortion pass tents, tents, but uh, it's possible. national parks. But that'd we, be great. We do know that private organizations are doing Winnebago's and they're pushing them right up to the borders, so you mm-hmm. can come right across the border and get your abortion. Mm-hmm. And all of this is almost a pointless conversation for most women because you can order it online from an indian pharmacy which will have your abortions pills to you within days and yeah. you could take it in texas in louisiana in uh, mississippi wherever you want to all of this i consider to be bad mm-hmm. but why would you go to a back alley abortionist <laughs> when this is the situation where you can get it legally good question and get it free yeah. anywhere or just get it in the mail why would we go back to a, a, an era of back alley abortions Anyway, even if it was only 39 deaths, it doesn't make any sense at all. And anyone who thinks about it, I think, gets to that conclusion. But your job as an American right now is not to think. Because if you think, Mm -hmm. then all these things are obvious. If you can do what they want you to do, which is just nod your head and go along with it and, and post your tweets and memes and TikToks, then you're you're playing the game the, the way they want you to play it. 